is what you're rooted in and what's giving you a sense of value and purpose benefiting you yeah or are you are you living a life that's rooted in service to others what's up everybody this is michael and you're listening to the heavyweights podcast our goal is to have honest conversations about weights and expectations that specifically men carry with them in our society today so if you're a man who desires to live with integrity and wants to listen in on some real guys having real conversations and hopefully learn a thing or two keep listening so let's just catch up, man. How's how's life? What's going on at uh, the home front? It's great. It's great. Um, we are, we're just in that teenage years of with our kids. Um, my son is 15 and uh, very involved in basketball um, and just community in general, like the youth group at his church, um, and his videography. So he's... He's kind of going a million miles a minute. Emil, my daughter, uh, same. She's involved in dance, and uh, my wife is in real estate, and we've got the gym. So we're up. Uh, these days, where it feels like we're ships passing the mile, you know, I think every single season of life for families, you can feel a sense of that. But um, uh, more than anything, man, we're just uh, trying to honor God with all the gifts, talents, time opportunities that he gives us and uh i feel like we're doing that as best we can so that's that's timely the sermon that we had this past sunday at church was about spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. um and the church that we've started we've been going there for four or five months now Mm -hmm. um man he the way that he the pastor and you know i i know not to put a pastor on a pedestal like He's he's not my mediator, right? <laughs> um, but the way that he teaches is so digestible, and I'm just really grateful for it. Like, really practical, um, exposing scripture, and then, um, you know, what's what's the overarching theme of the scripture? What are the, some key takeaways? And then, what can we do with this? Yeah. Um, so, um, talking about spiritual gifts, um, as we've had some really really good conversations in my house um the past four or five days and we just started hosting a small group too in our house well we call them life groups yeah um so we just started hosting that and leading that Loader. which has been a cha- it's one of the cha- more challenging things for me um but my wife's a great host mm-hmm. uh and i'm trying to step into the leadership role that i think god's called me to to be um and so the but the spiritual gifts conversation was was so good and and how do we steward those and why do we have them and what are we supposed to do with them yeah so i think that's awesome and there's a lot there that he's i mean just uh number one uh just a leadership role like stepping into that i think everyone is leading in some capacity whether they realize it or not you know what i mean like someone is always kind of observing or watching um, how you're operating and um, I think just your awareness of that may, will make you a better leader agree um, yeah so uh, stepping into that and, and really it's rooted in service I mean your desire to have a life group where you have other people having these discussions and you're wanting to serve them by facilitating discussions that are edifying um, so that's incredible but then as well 
just as you're talking about, you know, different gifts that we have, uh, different strengths that each of us have, and how we not only identify those, but how do we better put them into practice? Mm. Um, you know, before this conversation, you and I are talking about like, okay, what what's going to be kind of the theme? And for for me right now in life, like I'm looking at, okay, the difference between it's like that old adage, like the difference between knowledge and and execution you know you can like knowledge is power it's 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 whether or not you actually put that into practice and uh so there's a lot of things i've been in business uh with the gym that i own proximal strength i've been in business for 15 years and there's so many things that i know are best practices that i know <laughs> but not always hyper-focused on, you know, really doing those little things. And I've been motivated, uh, just here lately, just to reset, refocus, um, just refresh my eyes and heart and energy onto doing those things that I know are the best practices. And I'm actually, you know, putting them into practice. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing as we were talking, how you just immediately see the difference. Yeah. I, uh, I can really, I think we've been going through similar things. So, um, well, for me, like the working out, working out with you and, and hearing your, your vision, uh, your, um, belief about proximal strength and why that is so crucial, not only in, in working out and taking care of your physical body, but also spiritual and emotional. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I, me and, me and Caitlin have been struggling with, um, not, not struggling with our, our marriage is great. You know, we're doing great. Uh, but we've been, I've been struggling with like my priorities and, mm. um, I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple times over the past couple of weeks where that's really boiled up to the surface. And, and so I've been, um, this week, you know, just the past, I guess, five days, I've doubled down um, and I realized that I had a lot of pride that I needed to set aside, um, in my work life. Like I was always, I'm like, I own my business, but I always, you know, I want to, I want to lead by example. Um, I want to have a lot of pride in getting there first and getting a lot of work done in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was neglecting my spiritual and physical health yeah. to do that. Um, and then I would always justify it by saying, well, I'll just go home early, but then I was exhausted and I really never would go home early. Yeah. Um, but this past week I've been, I, I kind of let go of that pride and, um, I, it's like, I'm just going to get up. The first thing I'm going to do is get in the word, whether that's 10 minutes or 15 minutes or an hour, uh, usually gets interrupted by one of the kids, you know, but I love that because there's nothing better to me than like seeing my daughter, seeing me in the word mm. and prioritizing that. Absolutely. And then, uh, immediately after that, I've been going outside for a run mm. and then working out in the garage. So that's just been my routine. It's is there some golf in the world? Yeah, it's a perfect start to the day. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. and I've already seen in in just the short amount of consistent action. Yeah, and knowing to do 
like this is the best pra- I know this is best practice and I've known it was best practice for a long time yeah. but I didn't implement it and then implementing it for less than a week I already I already feel better yeah my six-year-old is getting up and going for runs now and mm. getting up and and reading her bible now which is like you think you have to do things like that for for years for your kids to catch on yeah but really they're watching everything you do 100 and so in those morning workouts your voice has been in my head <laughs> like what? the pro what what is proximal strength and even just like what can i do when i'm working out to enhance enhance my core strength yeah not to not for i mean obviously i want to have abs and i want to have aesthetically pleasing i want uh i want to you know look aesthetically pleasing but um how can i be strong at my core Mm. um it's just been ringing in my head so so i'm i'm grateful for that so yeah and you know i i I believe uh as as a, a follower of Christ, as someone who who believes wholeheartedly in God's word, I believe that there's like this biblical aspect. Um, what what good is it for the aesthetic to be awesome if on the inside the house is just burning to the ground? Yeah, you know. And um, so, and just just kind of uh, both physically uh, and mentally and spiritually, you know, putting. Putting like okay the the core and the heart of where you're at and building upon that and seeing how it actually does lead to the strong aesthetic, but you can have you know th- there's a lot of this like search my heart oh God mm-hmm. like you you know I, I'm always like okay on the outside these superficial relationships our pastor talked about how he's got like. A lot of different relationships that are just like a mile wide, but maybe just like an inch deep. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest, we have that really, the older you get, your inner circle is where you have these really deeper, what you do life groups. That's why, you know, you get to know people that become tight that, um, you know, you can trust in all situations. But, you know, I think if you're, if you're beginning each day with that, again, that routine and you're, you're just going before God and being like, okay. As long as we're good, then I can operate, you know, from core to extremity. From core yeah. to extremity. That's yeah. Right. That's what's been ringing in that, that from core to extremity. And so if, if I could give anybody a piece of advice, um, and I'm not qualified typically to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if I could, if I could give anybody a piece of advice is to start your day from the ins and, and, and work from the inside out. Yeah, from core to extremity, start at the soul, start at your heart. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, right? Like, I would hope I do, right? And I would hope everybody does. But can you start your day from the the center of you, yeah. from your core, yeah, and then to extremity? Well, and even you know, even in the absence of a faith based perspective, I think. Getting up and immediately—that's why it's like put your put your mask on before you go help others. You know, on the plane, it's like so oxygen. So before you get up and start thinking about the external problems, focus on okay, what what are the things within me that maybe need? What are the weeds that need to be pulled so that I can be most effective in whatever it is that I'm called to do? That's so good. So I mean, that's just like 
I, I, I mean, I don't know we're not like qualified counts, certified counselors or anything like that, but I mean, you take enough laps around the sun, you start to realize and be a little bit more self-reflective. And also you do gain a capacity to evaluate and assess. You know, I've, I spent 20 years in the fitness industry, um, training people and uh, I, from a kind of, you know, a fitness standpoint. But what I've realized is that it's not even about the what the workout is. It's really about what the headspace is and where the heart space is at. Because mm. like people come in, you know, with a poor outlook, a poor self-image. Like I, I can only go so far because that will be limiting to them. I have uh, I've had clients a lot of times who who come in and are just very self-deprecating, and that's kind of one of the quickest things that I'm uh, I have to to shut out. Mm. Like you can't speak ill of yourself like while you're doing this i'm so fat i'm so out of shape yeah like i suck at this like you're just immediately setting yourself up for ultimate failure um your your limitations your weaknesses a lot of times are going to be obvious to you and everybody else and it's more it's actually just like you said more putting your pride aside and and owning it but owning it with a in a way that leads to to dignity, not deprecation, you know, yeah. in a way that's like, you know what, I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm showing up for me, I'm showing up for my family, I'm showing up for my friends, um, doing, doing my honest effort, giving my honest effort. Yeah. And that comes from, that comes from a, a core belief about why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Instead of, a, you know, extremity, like looking at the outward appearance mm-hmm. and focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, dude, that's really helpful. Um, convicting. So, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, honestly, a lot of the times the discussions that I have with my clients or with you or uh, just in passing, I think that's what I love and I have appreciated about being a coach. Because as a coach, a lot of times you're looked at to lead and have the answer and the example. But God has really revealed to me uh, over the course of my career that the, a lot of times I'm getting even the advice or insight that I feel like I'm trying to delegate how like God's like, yeah, I'm speaking this to you. Mm. (laughs) This is great that it resonates with someone else, but what good is it just as we're talking about Mm -hmm. if if you're externally relaying information to other people, but it's not resonating and you're not practicing. So there's a lot of times where I'm like given like, I'm just slinging fire advice and I'm like, you know what, actually, and this is what I need to be hearing. And, uh, but I love that's to me, honestly, that's the way that the heart of God, the Holy spirit works. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you're speaking things as God's speaking through you that he's speaking to you, not just to others. So, so then that goes back to those like spiritual gifts that we were talking about. And, um, I think it was in, it's in Romans. I'm not sure what chapter, but um, they lay out like seven spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like one of the ones that you're talking about is, is prophecy. Mm-hmm. And not the prophecy, New Testament and today, prophecy looks different than the prophets of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. where um, I think Pastor described, described it as um, uh, it looks like 
this is what I think God is, wants me to tell you and you should test it. Mm. Not, this is the spoken word of God through me. Right. And so I, I think that and maybe that maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but, um, it's, I, I starting to see spiritual gifts on people, mm. right. You know, like mm. a, like a Pokemon card. And I was like, well, he has the gift of prophecy <laughs> yeah. and, and then exhortation is another one. I think you're very gifted in that. And like, Hey, I want to encourage people to be better. Like mm, um, yeah. encouraging people to have courage is what is what that would be called. That's cool. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's been fun to have that like lens to work look through yeah. this week, and then for other people to uh, in my in my life group, we were talking about that. Like, um, what do you think your spiritual gift is, or do you know? Mm. And it's like it's critical that you find out mm -hmm. that you spend the time to work out what gift that has like God has given you. Yeah. Um, so that you can, I'm like, it opens up the doors to like true confidence and, and development and growth. And one of the spiritual gifts that, uh, was listed was leadership. And I have never seen myself as a leader but everybody in the room said, yeah, you have the spiritual gift of leadership. And I was like, mm. well, that was really encouraging to hear. <laughs> like, okay, if people believe that about me, but I don't believe that about myself, mm. um, what, what am, what, like, what lies am I being told or what lies am I telling myself? And then th I had another conversation with somebody who's like, well, that's why it's a spiritual, like supernatural gift. It's not a natural gift. Like you might be naturally gifted at something and you like to do that. Like, let's say like, like Vincent, like he's naturally gifted at basketball and videography and like a ton of things. But what is his supernatural gift that I can only get, be the one that gets credit for. Literally. Right. And that's, for me, that's leadership. Like I cannot take credit for having a gift of leadership because I don't naturally feel like that's something I'm gifted at. Yeah. But God, God in me allows me to be a leader. Yeah. So it was really, I don't know, it's been a really good, yeah. it's been a really good week. So I, I love what you're saying. And honestly, and like you said, it leads to kind of freedom and confidence because I, for me, I've, I, there's, what you'll find is that your gift and your calling is just always going to naturally if you're almost only going to feel kind of drugged back into a situation that maybe you inherently don't love or want to be in. Yeah. But if you actually, again, are looking through an eternal lens, if you're, if you're, you know, like God's word says, uh, we're not battling against like what we can see and not see. It's, it's more about a spiritual, like, you know, you can see from a spiritual lens what God is doing if you're, if you're looking through that lens. Right. Um, but I think, uh, for me, like not, not ever wanting to be on the stage. Um, when I was growing up, my mom was always having me like sing at church and, um, it, it was just like something that I constantly felt myself being pulled onto the stage to perform. And, um, and then into my young adult life, it was like, I almost kind of resented it. I'm like, I was just like, I don't even know if this is like what I want to do. You know, not what I want to do. So I was looking at it from that, again, prideful 
Like, is this really what I want? And what I've realized as I've gotten older um, and had opportunities to speak in people's lives, uh, publicly, privately, leading at the gym, you know, kind of in a, you know, in a group setting every day, um, is that, oh, this is, this isn't about what I want. It's about what God's called me to. <laughs> and, um, and, and it kind of flips that narrative on its head. And then I find deep fulfillment out of everything. Do, do I have good days and, you know, t- challenging days or whatever? Yeah. But ultimately, I look at, I look at what I do uh, in the fitness space as deeply fulfilling because I know it's what I'm called to do. Yeah, I mean, I know it's what I've get, I've been gifted to do. So God's given me the time and bandwidth and resources and gifting to do what I do. Yeah, um, yeah, like you have a really good. You're you're very good at breaking that down for people. For me in particular, like that the time after we recorded the first couple episodes. So if, if anybody ever needs to feel empowered, <laughs> that they should talk to you. Um, but. Um, so let's go back to the concept of, I, I just really want to flesh this out because I think it's so important. Um, the concept of proximal strength, mm-hmm. you can talk about the gym, you can talk about, you know, the rebrand, the stuff that's going on, like, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like it's really important to, to flesh this out. I feel like it'd be, it's very, uh, it's something, like I said, it impacts me every single morning. And if, if men can focus on proximal strength and building the, you know, the core, yeah. um, in every area, I think well, it's really powerful. You know, I think about it and I, and I immediately start to reflect as you're saying out of like, okay, what, what, what do those words mean? Because there's two pieces to it. There's proximal, which means it's an anatomical term that references the midline or the center. Um, and then there's strength which strength can only occur through adversity. And I think about resistance. So I look at my life and then look at, okay, what's the center of my life and what's all the adversity that I've gone through with all the challenges that I've gone through that have made me as strong as I know God has made me. Um, so it's not a strength that comes from myself, but a strength that I know God has built in me um, through a lot of the the weight, the challenges that uh, I, I've had to bear, that I've had to walk through. Um, so, just when I'm when I'm breaking down, like kind of what that the 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 root of all of that was back whenever in 20, 2008, I started. I just graduated from college, and I was getting into the fitness space, and I was blogging, and I just wanted to have a training blog. And, uh, that word proximal and just proximal strength, I felt like they went well together. I never intended for it to actually be the name of my gym. I actually, that was never even on my radar. When we, when we began CrossFit Springfield, it was just too obvious. It was like, okay, we're doing CrossFit. We're in Springfield, Missouri. Let's call it CrossFit Springfield. (laughs) Kind of like, I mean, yeah, I do. My business name is Springfield Bookkeeping. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and even just from, you know, timing, timing and trends or everything in business. And yeah. We were, the, we were kind of on the front wave, if not kind of, we were very much on the front wave of CrossFit in the Midwest and specifically in Springfield or, or, or this part of Missouri. 
Um, so that was the intended brand and that was the intended name. Uh, but just as, uh, scripture says, you know, man makes his plans and God orders our steps, uh, about 12, 13 years later, um, what I realized is I didn't want to be so closely tied to another brand that they could say or do anything that could be a detriment to my business. And so at the end of the day, it's like, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to put what God has gifted me, this name, proximal strength. I'm going to put that on the line. I'll put, you know, I'll put myself, my heart and soul, what, what God has, I believe, empowered and in, in, ingrained in me. I'll let that stand. And if I, you know, if I do anything or anyone at our camp does anything that's a detriment to that, then it's on us. Yeah. But it can't be on anybody else. Um, I just thought from a simple standpoint that it adequately reflected my heart in the heart of our community. Um, so that's kind of the, that's the backstory on proximal strength. And then just as we've been talking, I think the, the obvious kind of life implications are, are there as well. Um, that you can only be as strong in your extremities as you are at your core. And so then that begs to ask the question, what is your, what is your core? You know, what is at the center of your life? I'm not talking like physically, like, you know, your midline, your spine and your hips. I'm talking like, what are you, what are you rooting yourself for? That does it have, uh, our pastor in North Point, Jeremy Johnson says like, does what you're holding up, does it, it, does it have the ability to hold you up? You know? So when I think about why I say that again, is does what you're holding up have the capacity to hold you up? You know what I mean? Like I think about like, what am I lifting high? And in the past, it's been money. In the past, it's been just the pursuit of that, that you know, euphoric high that you get out of just whatever. And what are the options right now? They're limitless out there. Right? Yeah. So yeah, we live in a, we live in a swipe left, swipe right culture where everything just fast, modern conveniences. Um, but with that, for, for, for me, I'm striving to stay, to say, no, I'm not going to be distracted by these, these quick hitting, you know, pleasures of life. I want to be rooted in something that really is going to be stable when things are shaking around me. Um, so and I'll be honest with you, the, um, the pandemic, the shutdown, that was a really big catalyst of growth for my, for me spiritually and professionally, because I felt while everything shut down, I, I immediately, uh, went to prayer into prayer with my wife and with my kids. Well, gyms were one of, if not the hardest hit industries and in the world everybody every gym had to shut down because people were going there in person and then um and then you also the dovetail effect of that is that now people are more self-sufficient but i mean if you think about it what do what do the wolves want to do what does the bad guy want to do and what it's looking for seclusion it's looking for isolation so I think at that time where people were being more secluded, more isolated, God was like, Hey, you don't even need all, what do you need most? I'm like, you, I just need you. So he's like, okay, lock in, like strip away anything else that's going to distract you in your journey. 
So it was like, be sober minded. I was like, man, it'd be really easy to just like check out Netflix and chill and drink every night. Cause I don't got to get up and go to work. But I was like, nope, I'm going to be logged in. I'm going to, I was just hyper-focused on getting in God's word every day. Um, you know, still going up to the gym, maintaining the facility, um, being useful. Like I had, you know, you talk about leadership, like it's really about how useful are you serving and making yourself available to others. And, um, so I, my, I spoke to camera, talked to all of our members and just said, Hey, we just want to be useful to you during this time. That's our heart. It's, it's incongruent with our mission to grow people's lives mentally, physically, and spiritually. So we loaned out every last bit of equipment that we had. We gave all our equipment out. Um, people kept their memberships. We kept programming. We did this whole like CrossFit at, you know, Springfield at home. Um, but, you know, again, kind of bringing it full circle out of that was birthed, uh, the opportunity and the vision for us to go step into proximal strength and the desire to just continue to serve people, um, to create, you know, really a safe place for people to plug in on their fitness journey, um, no matter where they're at, that, that has been, uh, that has been kept afloat. And I believe that's been, uh, you know, just by the strength that God has, has given me and our community to keep just keep going just keep showing up like you were talking about how it's it's really easy to go okay if you focus on the things that you can't do well yet and then you're limited by that so if you're like okay well i'm not really strong on you know squatting or bench press or whatever it is then you're like okay well i don't want to go connect with that because i just know i'm not good at it but how do you, the only way to improve upon that yeah. is to, you fail by the margins, the margins of your exposures is kind of one of the things I like to say. Like the more at bats you get, the more opportunities to get hits that you'll, you know, the better you'll get at it. Yeah. Kind of like the Jordan, like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Like, you know, so, and so I feel like, yeah, another cliche there that sometimes the only way through is through. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I mean, in. It, those are those are cliches for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's truth. Right, it is. You, know, you have you have to to get exposures, and you have to fail in order to move forward eventually. Um, I mean, just a real realization for me. That's the season that I'm kind of in right now. After 20 years of being in the fitness space and 15 years of having a business, um, it's just: Do you still have the ongoing humility? Uh, but courage uh, to keep going and keep growing, you know? Um, do I have the humility to be like, okay, these are things that I've been failing at as a leader. These are things that I've been failing at as a friend or a coach or a coworker, you know? And I've identified a lot of those. I mean, I'm, I'm on, it's an ongoing thing. Just as I prayed during the shutdown, hey, God, if there's things that are in me, that are keeping me from being my next best version. Will you please I help me helping to see those and and pluck them. Um and I think the same thing is true of when you're when you're in business. You have to constantly be identifying like, okay, what are the what are the factors if left unchecked that I couldn't sink the shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Um, that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think one of the best compliments I got one of the, uh, the other days from one of our members was um, he was like, he's a military guy. And he said, you know, Jeremy, you're what we call in military science a force multiplier. Like uh, someone who has the ability through whatever skill set or weapon system to multiply the effect, compound the force and the impact. Um, and I was like, man, that's like, that sounds really fancy and cool. Like, but like, I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to be that. I want God in me to help me do that, to multiply the impact of people's exposures to me, our gym, our coaches, our community. So whether it's one workout or one, you know, interaction, it can make a massive difference. Um, and that, that difference is a seed that, that God says, like, can be multiplied. Can I get a witness? Yeah. That's so, dude, that's so true. And I think he's, he's right on about you. Um, so I'm, I'm just sitting here listening to you and I could do that all day, but how do we connect this to people that guys that might be listening, right? Like in their daily life, like, hmm. What are questions that, I mean, this is kind of what I was thinking for this podcast. Like what kind of questions can we pose as open-ended questions maybe, or advice? Like I don't, like, I don't feel like I'm qualified to give advice, but I, I definitely want to give my perspective and open the door for people. Yeah. To, like that's, that's how I lead. I think mm -hmm. is like, I want to open a question. I want to, I want to insert a question in your mind and let you chew on it. Yeah. So what kind of questions maybe can we ask? that are, I mean, into, to each other, Learning. that is, uh, maybe beneficial to somebody that would listen to I just, I think the obvious first one for me that I ask myself is what and who or who is the source of your strength, mm -hmm. the source of my strength. What you said earlier, what's, what are you holding up that can hold you up? Yeah. That's that, quite that kind of perspective, because I would say for most men without, without really maybe not even just most men i think just most individuals like if you're really honest with yourself because that's what i mean what society is trying to project onto you is that you are the source of your strength you are the source of your self-help and your own inner peace and your own you know inner strength and are you do you really have the capacity to be that are you infallible do you, are you unbreakable, unshakable? Some people think they are. And I believe that like, that's why Paul says when I'm in my weakness, I am strong. Yeah. Like that's one of the most misquoted verses because they, because it's a lot of people say in my weakness, he is strong. That's not what it is. It's God's telling you when you, when you get to the end of your rope, that's actually where your strength will begin, you know? Um, Everybody's talking about Deion Sanders in Colorado. Then I just saw a little. I just saw a little clip this morning about um, uh, from uh, I cannot remember the pastor's name. He's a pastor at a VU church in Miami, but he he had a little clip where he was like talking about perspective, like we've discussed before. 
And, you know, everybody's like on this huge Colorado Buffaloes kick and Coach Prime, they're 3-0, and and then what happens? They run into Oregon just a buzzsaw. Yeah. 43-6, they just get shut out. And what does he say in the presser afterwards? He's like, you know, that's now because this is the lowest that will be. You know, this is the worst stop will be. He has this perspective of like, man, I'm, we're, we're at the bottom of the barrel. Like, this is... You know, and I think, I think like that's what I'm saying in, in identifying how terrible and how weak they played their strength because he's like, Hey, this is as bad as it's probably going to get for us. It's like, so if you didn't get this now, just know more. And like, I just love that. That's a growth mindset. That's an abundance mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset that's like, you know, I've got, we've, we still have work to do and you know, I believe the enemy or your enemy or any adversary wants you to think you're good. It's the whole Trojan horse thing. Like, oh yeah, we're good. Nothing. What's the worst thing that could happen? Go ahead and bring the horse in. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're safe. So I, I see that in sports, that analogy of like the, probably the biggest thorn in your side is when you think you're the man. When you start to think like, no one can stop me. I'm unstoppable in and of my own strength. Mm. Um, in my, my estimation, like I've just seen, and I think most people would agree, whether you're spiritual or not, whether you have a faith base or not, that like, that, that is pride. Yes. Yeah. When, when there is that pride that you're just leaning into and owning, um, it, it's usually going to be a recipe for or destruction. I agree. Yeah, I think uh, our there's a there's a movement, there's a part of our society that 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 glorifies pride. Oh, 100%. And and the the Bible is really clear that that should not be glorified. Yeah, it's sinful, right? I mean, it's easy to be like I did that. I yeah. I I I've got this. That's that's what we were talking about before my yeah. business, right? It's like I got this. I'm going to be the one that gets there early. And gets all this stuff taken care of and it was never enough never enough i'm always the first one there i'm always getting the most done mm. i'm still carrying the the bulk of the weight of the business mm. you know almost five years in and it's like it's never gonna change unless i can set aside that pride and and so that's been the biggest change and and so i i would i would encourage that if you're, if you and what you're talking about, if you are at the center of what is is making you strong, there's a million reasons why that will come crumbling down one day. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, you're one day you're gonna die. Like that's something no nobody gets to escape. Yeah, and you're you may be healthy today, but that doesn't mean you're gonna be healthy tomorrow. Yeah, um, just it's I've seen I've seen. I've seen that happen in my my personal life, me, and then also like watching my uh, watching my stepdad. Mm. Uh, that was a tough relationship growing up, but like <sighs> as I look back now and see, um, there was nothing uh, solid at his core. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and he had a really, and I don't even know him today like I don't I haven't spoken to him in a lot of years and my mom's been remarried and um but that's I can see that that he lacked 
anything solid to hold on to. Mm-hmm. So when things started falling, like he fell and fell hard. Yeah. And yeah. and so, man, I was just that's 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 a for me that's a huge encouragement, but it's a huge question for people of what what is at your core. Yeah. Is is what you're holding up? Is that going to hold you up mm-hmm. when push comes to shove? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, people talk a lot about like kind of a buzzword is like your legacy, legacy, legacy. Dude, you're going to be forgotten so fast. Bottom line, yeah. you're going to be replaced. You're going to be forgotten. But the flowers of the field wither and the grass fades away and the word of the Lord is eternal. Mm. And so, like the things that I do, if I think about, I was thinking about this the other day. So if we, as a, as a, as a, as a Christian, like if I believe in the, the Trinity, if I believe in God, the father, Jesus, the son and the Holy spirit, and God has given us his Holy spirit. And I believe they're one, mm-hmm. then man, like that actually really, see, if you really think about the implications. You have the power of creation living inside of the creator's end, right? Creator, yeah. Like, you know, God, the Father, Jesus, his son, who's God, and the Holy Spirit, who they've given us. Like, while we're in a fallen, broken world, we still, I'm so thankful that I still have the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit in me because I realize that as I speak, as I act under that authority, that those, that is eternal. Mm-hmm. I realize that the conversations that I'm having day to day, the awareness, the hypersensitivity to man, what I pour into what I'm filling myself with and what I'm pouring out into others yes. could make the difference between their eternity, one place or another, right? In their perspective, as they go forward and pour into and speak into others' lives. So again, that's a force multiplier. It's not me, Jeremy. It's it's God in me. Yeah, you know, crazy. And, um, yeah. yeah, and so that's the that's the other thing I was going to ask, like as as a good question. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head, which is like super could be super demotivating to a lot of people. Like, hey, guess what? You're going to be forgotten. Like, mm-hmm. what's your what's your grandfather's father's name? Do you know that? My you. So your great, your great grandfather, you know, his first name? Yes, I do. I'm not on my, not on my mom's side, but on my dad's. Maybe I won't remember. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's tough. Yeah. Like I, I, I know the, the stories. Um, yeah. My great grandfather was an amazing man and he died like a hero, a hero's death. It was a tragic circumstance, but he saved the lives of a family and, I can't remember his name. Mm. And so that's just, it kills me uh, because I know like, like what a cool legacy. And then like, is my daughter going to remember his name? Because I can't tell it to her. Yeah. Uh, So. um, I mean, but that's just a really quick, easy exercise of like, you know. So your legacy is going to, it's, 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 we're dust in the wind. Like it's like a life is a vapor and you know, your legacy is going to wither away quickly too. And, um, but the question is for me that I would, the question that was coming to mind was how can you be useful? Mm. You said leadership is being useful, but while you're here and while you're, while you're imbued with the power of the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. how can you be impactful? How can you be useful? Yeah. 
So the, uh, that's, a, that's a great self-reflection question as to how, how can you be useful? Um, you know, I think about, there's a, there was a, there was a thought that just came to mind and totally just jumped out of my head. I was getting ready to go, go to it. And then I, I lost it. But, but it's more, it's more this idea of like, how, how can I be useful? It's like, oh, delayed, delayed obedience is disobedience. That's what I was going to say. Delayed obedience is disobedience. How can you be useful? Be obedient. When God prompts you to say or do what you know you need to say or do. And, and you can, you can look at that as the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you could just look at that as your conscience of do the right thing or do the wrong thing. You can Jiminy Cricket it, or you can like Holy Spirit it. It's however you want to look at it. But I think when you know, when you know, and there's the right thing to do, right? You know, this is the right thing to say. This is the, then there's a time to turn a cheek and turn a table. So when you know you need to hold someone accountable, when you know you need to discipline or admonish, when you know you need to encourage or uplift, uh, when you, every single time that you do that, you're making yourself useful mm. out of my love for whoever, my coworker, my friend, I'm going to say that I'm going to be willing to say the things that need to be said. I would say your overarching success in life is going to be directly proportional to how many tough conversations you're willing to have. <laughs> I love that. Say that again. So your overall, your overarching success in life is probably going to be directly correlated to how many challenging conversations you're willing to have. That's so good. And I'm willing to have a lot. Yeah. And it's not all, if what I was thinking when you were saying that is like, it's not even always challenging conversation yeah it's just being willing to be responsive to yeah. um and so like uh, sometimes a challenging conversation is just going to someone in love and being like hey you did a great job with that yeah like that takes a lot of courage to go up and give someone a compliment sometimes because mm-hmm. i think as well in our society it's there you can this is something that i've noticed it's a very what's in it for me mine's then mm-hmm. right now so you know, tagging people and complimenting them and thoughts and prayers. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's not even as much about a care for the other person at the end of that receiving line, but it's more about how do I look in this? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm so profoundly aware of this lately Mm -hmm. when, um, I've got somebody will just pop into my mind. And so I've, I've been trying to be aware of that and responsive to that of like, Hey, um, maybe just randomly I'll be taking a shower or driving to work. Mm. My buddy Brady will pop in my head. Hey, do you want to grab lunch today? And we desperately need to talk about something. Yeah. Something's going on. I had no idea, but his face came to my mind. So I was like, Hey, how's it going? Right. Here's a text. Um, and then one of the, I heard this the other day and it's like, um, is a quote and I can't remember. It's probably from another podcast, but, uh, one of the, like, what is the most powerful four words that you can give somebody? Oh yeah. I think I saw this. You heard this. I've seen that. Yeah. So, um, the most powerful thing that you can tell somebody is that you can say, I'm proud of you hmm. because there's a serious lack of that, um, in people's lives in general, you yeah. know, people, because it takes, it takes all of the attention. It can't be about you when you tell somebody that, mm. because it's really, if you think about it, it's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. 
to say to somebody because it's not something that you can say that's self uh fulfilling yeah it's it's all about this honest word of i'm proud of you mm. yeah and um people that resonates with me people need to hear coach. that so that's my profession and i spend you know i'm most proud of my clients or members of my athletes mm -hmm. when i see them just giving their honest effort it's not about the result sometimes it's about oh yeah you won i'm proud of you but they can lose and i'm proud of you yeah yeah because i saw your heart i saw your effort mm -hmm. you know yes and um and that translates to every relationship in your life like as a dad mm -hmm. like what is the most powerful thing you think you can say to your kids they've heard you, you see, they've heard you say i love you a million times maybe mm -hmm. but for for you to in spite of whether they deserve it or not mm -hmm. right i'm proud of you mm -hmm. that's powerful it is so powerful yeah so, i just love that i do too it's so good i think that's huge yeah because i think that's what that's what the call is whether you're a husband a business owner a father whatever role you have you whatever hat you wear as a man how are you how are you uh sacrificing how are you serving others yeah. that that are in your life I mean, I, I, and that really, like, that resonates with me here. And I've, like, that's been a huge point of conviction for me here over the past couple of years is just the realization as I did kind of strip things away, um, like some of the superficial things that I was striving for or wanting to kind of posture my way through was this, uh, this conviction of like, man, a lot of my motives have been self fulfilling mm -hmm. you know and not truly um with this rooted desire to serve others and 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 give honor to god um and so i i don't know i mean just even even last night like uh we were at dinner and jenny was saying you know like the the change in you that me and the kids have seen is so evident like just this this very honest authentic desire to just do the right things for the right reason for luck i know elk way to say it so you haven't been living perfectly your entire life exactly <laughs> yes like uh, i don't want people to hear us talking about like this these are revelations and these are things that we're trying to get better at every day yeah. not living perfectly yeah but like i feel like these are truths that resonate like when we get to talk that's what comes out so i uh yesterday i i was leaving the gym and i left uh jenny called me and said hey can you run in and go grab these two new member forms screenshot them so i can plug them in you know, to the system so my truck is running and I just like, I'm like, oh, it'll be a quick 30 seconds. Run in, run back out. I left my truck door open. I run in. And of course, without fail, there's a member, a new member that wants to sign up, that's asking me questions. So what I thought was going to take 30 seconds turns into like three to five minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, I wrap it up. I walk back to the front of the gym and I walk out the middle doors and my truck's gone. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, did I, I know I left it here. I know I left it with the door open. Oh no. 
I look kind of out back. I walk in, I look out back, and I can't see my truck. I'm like, oh my gosh. I walk back out. I'm like, it's really gone. I walk back in, and these these ladies from our 9 a.m. group are sitting there working out. And I'm like, someone just stole my truck. And they have the camera on me, and they start cracking up. One of them jumped in and to move my truck to the side of the gym. But you know what's funny is I told Jenny this, and it this this... This shows me, this is like God. And I'm like, I'm thankful that Emily did that. Like, because this was like a heart check. Like, I wasn't, I actually initial, there was an initial kind of like shock. My truck's not here. But I was like, it's just a truck. And actually, this is like, you know, this is just the way it is. You left your door open. Like, you that's just what's going to happen. But my thought actually was like, I, I conceal and carry all the time and I had my Glock in there. So my biggest concern was the gun. I was like, you know, I don't want a bad guy who would steal a truck, who would steal a truck in broad daylight at 11 <laughs> to have this weapon. And, but it, it, it was this quick affirmation. I felt like the Holy Spirit of like, Good job. Your heart's in the right place. And you're not so worried about <laughs> you're not so worried about your drug. You're worried you're really worried about like and and then when they started laughing, I was so pissed off. You know, I was like I like laid down, I started sweating, like, oh gosh. Just because I had that you know those alarm bells when you're like, Oh, this isn't good. I gotta call now on one. Yeah. All <laughs> the thoughts start racing through your head at the same time. Yeah. I got it. I mean she pranked me good and now I'm like <laughs> like, all right, that's cool. I remember, I remember one time I slapped uh, Grant Wistrom, who was my former business partner. Yeah. You know, like big nine year football player, Super Bowl winner, all that or whatever. And like, I, I just slapped him one day on the rear. And he was like, okay, I remember that. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> no, no, he owes me one. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Smarter than that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's terrifying. Emily's got a look at her shoulder. There you go. Like, I'm going to make it a good one when I get her back. The anticipation is the worst part of the payback. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's so good.